everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Like many of you, I played peewee football, and I played in a league where the limit was 85 pounds. We were playing this team, and as we walked onto the field and started you know, doing some some pregame drills and stretching, we looked and the other team had a bona fide giant. This guy, there's no way, weighed 85 pounds, probably 185. So a couple of us ran up to the coach and go, coach, coach, look at that guy. There's no way he weighs 85 pounds. Uh, guys, I know what you're talking about. And uh, I mentioned that to the coach and the other coach assures me He's under 85 pounds, but to me, he looks like he weighs about 185, but let's just go out there and play football, okay, guys? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So we played, and I was scared to death of the giant. In fact, we called him the giant. I played offense and defense, and when I had the ball on offense, I was like, Lord, please keep the giant away from me. And for the first half, I evaded him. Then I played linebacker, on defense, and, and I wouldn't get near him. I would just kind of, you know, trip intentionally like you know, some of the NFL players do and did all sorts of things to try to stay away from the giant. Finally, though, I'll never forget it. He had the ball, and he was coming around the end, and my little friend, Bruce, who was probably 60 pounds, just saw him and ran right through him. Boom! Just hit the giant, and we watched him crumble. It was like, wow. Bruce came back to the huddle. Dude, you took the giant out. You took him down. And once that happened, it gave us confidence, and we won the game. That was fun, peewee football. Maybe you're facing a giant. Maybe you're facing someone or something right now, and you're saying to yourself, I want to stay away from that situation. I'm just going to pretend like it's not there. I'm just going to evade that that giant. I want to challenge you to confront the giant. If you're going to confront the giant, you've got to gamble. I'm in a series, a very unusual series in church called Gambling with God. I meet a lot of people who gamble with God. They're gambling in relationships. They're gambling with their feelings. They're gambling with decisions, they're gambling with their choices. A lot of people are gambling with God. I meet some though, who are gambling for God. We wanna gamble for God, not with God. What does it mean to gamble? To gamble is to take a risky action in the hope of a desired result. We all have this innate, desire to be risk takers because we're made in the image of our God. When you think about love, because God is love, love is a risk. We're not made like robots. We have a freedom of choice. We've chosen and we choose, right? Or maybe we don't choose to respond to God's love. The reason we like risk is because we're made in God's image. The reason there is such a thing as risk is because there's such a thing as uncertainty. If there was certainty, there would be no risk. Because there's uncertainty, there's risk. 
everything is a risk. When it comes to the things of God, we don't think this way. God wants us to risk it. God wants us to gamble for him. When I began this series, I opened up talking about God's people, the children of Israel, and they knew a lot about risk and reward. When we gamble for God, we're gonna hit the jackpot. It doesn't mean we'll hit the jackpot tomorrow. Sometimes the jackpot might be way out there. Sometimes the jackpot could be eternity. We are, though, going to hit the jackpot. God's people, they've been in Egyptian slavery for 430 years. They had a horrific time there. God's man, Moses, put the cards on the table. He walked into Pharaoh's office and said, Pharaoh, let my people go. If Pharaoh was not an idiot, he knew the Jews brought in some serious money. I mean, they, they contributed a lot to the gross national product. So Pharaoh said, no, I'm not gonna let my, I'm not gonna let your people go. Well, God sent plagues upon the Egyptians, the plagues of frogs and locusts and blood. And finally, Pharaoh was like, you guys get out of here. So the Jews, 2 million of them followed Moses. It was supposed to be a 10 day journey from Egypt to the promised land, the promised land, the land that God had promised them. So as they're cruising through the promised land, God parts an ocean, they cross on dry land. The people are hungry, God gives them protein, quail. They need some carbs, God rains down these, these cosmic tortillas called manna. They wanted water, God gave them some God bottle water. They had everything. God was just doing all these miracles and then, and then God put a GPS system in the sky that would embarrass any app we have, even on the iPhone 6. A cloud, that was a good place to laugh. A cloud guided them during the day. A fire guided them by night to the promised land. So if I'm a, a, an Israelite, I'm like, yay God, this is off the chain. Yay God, we're gambling for you and we've gambled and look at the jackpot, God. Wow, you have, freed us up from slavery, something that seemed to be impossible, and now you parted an ocean, and, and you've done all these miracles, and proteins falling from the sky, carbs are everywhere, bottled water, we've got Moses, and now we've made it to a place called Kadesh. Kadesh is a town just right on the edge, the southern edge of Canaan, Canaan being the promised land. All we gotta do now is just move from Kadesh into the promised land. We gotta roll the dice again. We gotta gamble for God again. And God promised them over and over, the land is yours. 150 miles long, 50 miles wide, the promised land. It was in the title company. So before they claimed the land, God said, hey Moses, pick 12 leaders of the 12 tribes and send them out on reconnaissance mission. Do your due diligence. You stack up you know, the information. Then once you know what you're dealing with, okay, it's time to gamble for me. So they went out, 12 guys went out, checked the land out, they came back, and everybody you know, all of, the, all of God's people, they were so excited. The spies, these 12 leaders are back, and it's gonna be just amazing what's gonna happen. Read your Bibles, Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 14. 10 of the 12 spies went negative. 10 of the 12 spies 
began to be very pessimistic. They were grumbling and stumbling and, and then fumbling. They all agreed, hey, ho, hey, ho. The land is amazing. It's flowing with milk and honey. Here's all the fruit, certified organic. They even have coffee over there. No, I just made that up. But the land was ridiculous. But then all of a sudden, the, the tide changes. They're like, but there's giants in the land. There are monsters in the land. The cities are fortified and, and, and we're gonna have to tackle those giants. Well, then look at verse 30, Numbers chapter 13. Because two of the 12 spies, they were, they were gambling for God, not gambling with God. Suddenly, you'll see the tide turn right here in Numbers chapter 13. Most of the people began to gamble with God, but two of them, Joshua and Caleb, we name our kids Joshua and Caleb, right? They begin to gamble for God. Check it out. Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. Now, parents, we know how to do that, don't we? Shh, ah, ah, zip, zip. Not, not another word. No, but, ah, ah. Right? That's what he was doing. When we gamble with God, we listen to people above God rather than listening to God above people. Look at Numbers 13, 31 and 33. But the men who had gone up with him, here we go, Negativity, 10 of the 12 spies. We can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. When you have that spy spirit, you tend to exaggerate stuff. I exaggerated the giant when I was a little kid. Oh, he weighs 185, man. He's got a goatee, too. Wow. Exaggerate. And then you get all fearful. I was so fearful. I was pathetic on the field. I was kind of skipping around. I didn't want to touch anybody. I didn't want to get near the giant. I'll admit it, guys. I was scared. I heard someone say, fear is false evidence appearing real. I wrote a book called No Fear, K-N-O-W. Fear. No fear. Fear is real. And all fear is not bad. God, though, says, here's the giant. You tackle the giant. You run through the giant. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless your life. It's the way to live. So then they spread, look at verse 32, among the Israelites, a bad report about the land they had explored. And this is before social media. They spread that. And I like the last part. We're going we're gonna to camp out on this verse, KOA this verse for a second. And the people were like, oh, we saw giants in the land and blah, 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 blah. But the last part, I love it. We seemed like grasshoppers. <laughs> Say grasshopper. grasshopper. I mean, grasshoppers are crazy insects. I've been researching them. I'll, I'll go back to that in a second. Gra we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Man, were they feeling bad about themselves? They were victims. Not victors, victims. <laughs> I'm a grasshopper. I'm just an insect. That's all I am. Isn't it true when we surround ourselves with spies, we see ourselves the way people see us, we don't see ourselves the way God sees us? A healthy self-esteem is seeing yourself the way God sees you, nothing more, nothing less, and surrounding yourself with the right people to give you the props back to God. It's time to shake off those spies. It's time to just, you know, shake them off.
And this stuff spread. Do you have any grasshoppers in your life? Would you hold the Bible for me just a second? Thank you. Grasshoppers. I did some research on grasshoppers, Googled grasshoppers. Grasshoppers, number one, write this down, they're destructive. They cost us 1.5 billion a year, grasshoppers, in, in destroying crops. You know grasshoppers and locusts are the same thing? I didn't know that either, found that out. Number two, not only are they destructive, they're deaf to many sounds. The ears of a grasshopper are on their abdomen. They have their ears to the ground. What do negative people do? Isn't it interesting? Negativity, problems, problems. We can't do that. Why? We can't. I'm, no, uh-uh. Why are you thinking that? No. Those people will drag you down and mess you up. Are you around grasshoppers? <laughs> Maybe you are a grasshopper. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've been a grasshopper before. I have. Also, grasshoppers are disloyal. Now, where did I come up with that? because they can jump. I love grasshoppers, they're, they're great fish bait. If you don't catch a big fish, you catch a grasshopper. Hook him up, I don't wanna be gross. Fish will tear him up. But grasshoppers, they can jump, they can jump and fly. They were talking about if we were grasshoppers, to kind of put it on, on the, you know, comparing a grasshopper to a human, show you how far grasshoppers could jump. If we were a grasshopper, we could jump like 100 yards. That would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? Grasshoppers. You see them in the, in the, in the neighborhood. Boom. You see them on the soccer team. I don't like the coach. See them in the church. I'm not sure about that. See them in marriage. Oh, I'm having problems. Marriage is tough. These kids are about to drive me crazy. Isn't that true? They're disloyal. They're disloyal, always jumping, hopping around. They're also defensive grasshoppers. That's the fourth thing. They spit that tobacco juice, that brown juice. You ever picked up a grasshopper? I like bugs and snakes and stuff. And you pick them up when they get nervous, they spit this stuff out. It's like brown, Ugh. you know? Negative people <laughs> spit and vomit that negative. It's everybody all toxic and messed up. They're defensive. What? What do you mean, man? Always, ah! You want some of me? You know, dealing with a grasshopper. I'll show that guy we took an email. They're all so dynamic. That's the fifth thing. Females lay 200 eggs during a lifetime. 200! Ladies, what if you said, yeah, I got 200 kids. 200. Wow. And, and, and that's how prolific it can be when you have that grasshopper spirit, that negativity, that, 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 whole, that whole thing. Thank you for holding my Bible. I appreciate that very much. Sometimes I want to you know, use my hands and stuff in the Bible. I just have to, yeah, that's good. Are you speaking life or death? Are you speaking grasshopper or are you a giant bopper? I want to be a giant bopper. That's what God wants us to be. I know it's kind of cheesy, but it rhymes with grasshopper. So I just thought, you know, giant bopper. 
Okay. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Whoa. Proverbs 18, verse 20. It gets deeper. Verse 21. Death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Well, these 10 spies, they went negative. Then they got the entire nation into negativity. Numbers 14, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they started blaming God. Keep reading. They started blaming God. And that's what happens. Here we'll disobey God and here we'll mess around and listen to people's opinion above God and then we'll blame God. Play the God card. Isn't that something how we do that? God, why don't you bring us out here? Moses is a horrible leader. Aaron's crazy. And then the Bible says that they wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb, and they were not in Colorado. They, they were in Kadesh. Wanted to stone them. Take them out, kill them. I love verse four. Oh man, then it started getting really bad. They said, in Numbers 14, then they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. That's hilarious. They didn't want a leader, they wanted a maintainer. Because leaders, a real leader does not take you where you want to go. A real leader takes you where you need to go. Where you need to go. And that's what Moses was trying to do. And he and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb, they were in tears and tearing their clothes. They were about to lose it. Let me tell you how how tough it is. Let me tell you how, how serious God is when we have a problem, when I have a problem with authority issues. Look at 1 Samuel 15, 23. Rebellion, the Bible says, is as the sin of witchcraft. So when I'm rebellious against authorities that God has instituted into my life, I'm trafficking with the devil himself. Wow. Remember back in the heavenlies, what did he do? He rebelled against God and kicked him, got him kicked out of heaven, and he took a third of the angels with him. Here's another phrase that I want you to write down that is, is I think, positive. When we gamble for God, right, we listen to God above people rather than people above God. Let me say it again. When we gamble for God, we listen to what God says above what people say rather than what people say over what God says. Numbers 14, seven through 10. I mean, Joshua and Caleb again, they were like, we can take the land. We can open up a can. We can do it, Lord. And, and, and they said the Lord. And, and, and you know, when we're following the Lord, when we're gambling for God, again, we see possibilities. We're victors, not victims. They said the land we passed through is great. The, the Lord's pleased with us, they said. We can, we can take it. Don't rebel against the Lord. See, that, don't rebel against the Lord. Rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. Don't, see, don't rebel against the Lord. Guys, you're rebelling against God. You're rebelling against God. Of course, they didn't make it into the promised land here. I'll get you the whole Bible one more time. They did not. They did not make it. Joshua and Caleb did. Two out of two million made it in 40 years later. You know what God said? Hey, because you've turned your back on me, and this, this wasn't just this one case. 
10 times. I mean, defining moment times. No, 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 no. And then at Kadesh, they weren't one. No, we're, we're going to do our own thing. We want to go back. And God said, you want to go to the wilderness? <laughs> you can have the wilderness for the next 40 years. For 40 years, they were wandering in the wilderness. Wandering in the wilderness. 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. They died out. They died in the wilderness. Now let me stop and ask you a quick question. Joshua and Caleb, if I'm them, I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me, God. We got to wait 40 years. God, we, we're, we're gambling for you and the jackpot has been really delayed. I tell people all the time, the jackpot's there. Let me say it again to you. The jackpot is there when you follow God's word over people, but it might not be tomorrow or next week or next year. It could be decades out there. It could be. When I was out of the country, one of those people asked me this question. No one has ever asked me this question before. They go, you got any kids? I mean, they asked me that before, but I'll, I'll get to the question later. <laughs> yes, I got four. They go, man, you're 33 years old and you got four kids? They didn't say that. I made that up. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I said, yeah, I've got four. And then here's what someone had never asked me before. I thought it was interesting. Are they Christians? I thought we were going, what are you asking me? I think, what? I didn't say that. I'm thinking that, you know? I said, yes, they're Christians. I said, they... They're 28, 22, and twins who were 20, and yeah, they, they love God and love his church. And this guy was like, man, that's cool. And I thought, whoa, parenting is not easy. But we have unashamedly partnered with Fellowship Church from the time our kids were born until now. And many times they didn't want to go to church. My friends aren't there. I don't feel good. You know what? You're going. Because I'm the parent. Now, when you're old enough to have your own place, your own car, you can do what you want to do. There's no options. Every week we're going to church. And, you know, parents, you cannot tell me about, I understand about the drama and the trauma and the fights and the this and the that with parenting. It's tough. But as you gamble for God, Great things will happen because now, when that guy asked me that question, now, when I thought about it, I go, whoa! I didn't say it to him like this. We've hit the jackpot! Two of our kids work here at Fellowship. We didn't force them to work. We weren't like, oh, you're working at... No, they, they felt called. Our kids are not perfect, as you know. I'm not perfect, no one is perfect but they love the Lord, they love his house. But the payoff, yeah, there were little payoffs along the way, but now the payoff is greater and greater. Yeah, I mean, God many times will bless, boom, that quick, but many times, wow. I, it, another financial giant, another, another and, and then you look back and go, wow. And that's true in marriage, that's true in friendships. 
So I don't know, I just thought about Joshua and Caleb, but they did make it into the promised land. They did, they did. 40 years later, a new generation headed into the promised land. What is the most valuable real estate in the world? Well, you could argue, I know, the oil fields in Saudi Arabia. I know the diamond mines of South Africa. I know the mineral fields in the Dead Sea area. I would say those are great guesses, but I would say that's not the most valuable real estate in the world. The most valuable real estate in the world would be the cemeteries those little plots of land that many of us pass each and every day because beneath the tombstones are dreams that are dashed. Beneath the tombstones are so many people who played it safe with God as opposed to rolling the dice. Beneath those tombstones are creative and innovative ideas that could have turned the tide in the church and in people's lives, they were never actualized because of grasshoppers, because of spies, because of an unwillingness to roll the dice and gamble for God. Don't let that be you. And I pray that I never let that be my life as well. Would you pray with me? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. God, thank you so much for this message to my life. I thank you for this great church. And Father, if there's someone here that needs to make a decision to give their life to you, today can be your day. You've gambled with God. Now gamble for Him. You've tried this, you've tried that. Now gamble for God. Just simply say, Jesus, I believe you and I receive you into my life. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I give you all that I am right now and all that I'll ever be. If you said that, that's the best thing you'll ever do. You hit the jackpot. There are blocks of us who need to maybe shake off that, that spirit of the spy, of that grasshopper. We need to find those Joshua and Caleb people. God, give us the wisdom and discernment to do so. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.